Hello and welcome to the Going Long podcast for the NFL's 10th week. We've got a packed week of news this week as well as uh, highlights of last week's games and looking forward to next week's games. The few upsets this week, uh, a few incidents as well, so uh, we'll get into that. But first the news, Callum, what are we going with first? Uh, yeah, lots of news to cover because we recorded an episode for... Yeah last week which is now lost in the technical difficulties i think is the word yeah (laughs) it was saved as the wrong kind of file and now it won't copy over and it won't paste who knows uh so we're going to start with a couple of the headlines from last week as tradition dictates (laughs) although i vowed it would never happen again on this show we begin by talking about antonio brown (laughs) yes antonio brown yet again uh who as if you've listened to this podcast at all or followed the NFL at all, you've heard he was uh, like dropped by the New England Patriots this year because of sexual assault allegations and uh, the, it was pending an NFL investigation. It was about and, two months ago. Yeah, and that investigation was stalled up until about uh, last week when Brown finally set the time for his interview with Roger Goodell, the NFL's commissioner. Uh, and uh, a few teams, despite the bad PR that he's had, uh, were reportedly interested, including the Seahawks, I think. Uh, yeah, Russell Wilson advocated for the yeah, Seahawks yeah, signing him. Yeah, he was pushing management. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, don't know, I don't, know, don't know if they know each other off the field, but uh, that happened. So, uh, pending that, uh, there was the chance of Brown returning to the league, which uh, none of us really want to hear at the Going Long podcast. But nope. uh, uh, he took to Twitter shortly after that to re-retire. When he was, <laughs> when he was first uh, dropped by the New England Patriots at the start of this year, he said he's never coming back to the NFL. And then about a week later, maybe, he said... Hey, actually, I might come back to the NFL. Yeah, actually, I might. These teams all need me. And then now he's re-retired again. So we'll keep you updated on his retirement status as it is weekly. Unfortunately, we have to. Yeah. We'll, probably, we'll probably start next week by talking about Antonio Brown. In, in his post as well, he uh, said... It, he's not the best uh, wordsmith, Antonio Brown, but he said something along the lines of uh, league treats black people the worse or something like that. And that is an issue... We are very pro-player on this podcast. We uh, advocate for players to get as much money as they can, and we don't want the teams to, to overwork them. I want them to be get like adequately recovered from injuries. Secure the bag but, at all times. Yes, but this is the case of Antonio Brown trying to make the problems that he's had about this other issue that exists within the league. Yes, I think so too. Um, it's important to note that we're not exactly ideally positioned to talk about this. Um if he's trying to raise and make a point about the treatment of black athletes in the NFL, there is a legitimate point to be made there, but to associate his issues with that point that so many have struggled for over the years is really lazy by him, and I don't, yeah. I don't like it as a move. Because this has, as far as I know, it, this it, has nothing to do with it. It feels like just a smokescreen for me. Like He's just going to bring up so many points so that's discussed about him rather than the points that have been discussed, which is his behaviour towards his female staff and other people that have come into contact with him. Yeah. Well, I'm very glad we have that out of the way. Now we can talk about an issue much more uh, near and dear to our hearts. Nick Foles is back. Nick Foles is back. Uh, this was this came out uh, before uh, this week's games. Uh, yes. It was following the Jaguars' uh, resounding loss to Houston in London. 
they got beat down by Houston. Yeah, London. they certainly did. Uh, Gardner Minshew, uh, their backup quarterback, has been having a great year. He's earned himself a lot of fans. Yeah. Two, two of them sitting right here. Uh, but he, they've decided kind of a knee-jerk reaction to put Foles straight back in. And I think he's got over 2,000 yards passing, like 14 touchdowns. Like Gardner does. Gardner does, sorry. Yeah, this year. And it's, it's a really good first year and a... I, I, they must see something in Foles in training camp to it's bring interesting. him back. Yeah. I mean, so so Foles is their big free agent signing. They gave him a big contract yeah. to play quarterback. He gets hurt in the first game, and then this kind of cult forms around Gardner Minshew. People love him, man. He's charismatic. He has a silly mustache. He's like the perfect Florida player. Yeah. People really enjoy him, but ultimately, this comes down to the Jaguars against all odds, really despite being beat down in Houston, as we just talked about, have kind of positioned themselves in a in a situation where they could potentially make a move and try and make the playoffs. Really, ultimately, these decisions always come down to the same thing, which is which quarterback has the best chance to win us the most games from now until the end of the year. If they think that's Nick Foles, I can believe that. That's fair. I mean, Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP, like, for Philadelphia, whenever he was called upon, he really did show up. He's... That's the thing. I think he's I got think, a huge arm. He's not afraid of big moments. He's good in big games. Uh, so I, I do see that. I think what's hap- what's really happened here to expect Gardner Minshew to just take the job and and roll with the team for the rest of the year was probably unrealistic. Um, what's really happened here is as a six round pick and a rookie, Gardner has put together a nice resume and given himself a real opportunity to win the job this summer in the off season. Yeah. He will get a chance to compete for it. Definitely. But to not see what the Jaguars look like with Nick Foles as their quarterback after giving him all that money would yeah. be insane. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. And yeah, Minshew has shown that he can start in this league, so uh, yeah, I think so. interesting I, I career think ahead really. regardless of it works out in Jacksonville or not. For sure. Uh, the Jaguars on a, were on a bye week this week following their London game, which is usually the way it works mm-hmm. when you play in London. So they announced that Nick Foles will start, but they won't. Uh, we won't see him until this coming week. Uh, when they're facing off against, I want to say Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, it's Kansas City. It's in Mexico, I think. Uh, we'll work it out. No, that's the Chargers. Okay, never mind. <laughs> uh, anyway, can you hear us frantically clicking? Yes, we're uh, um, we're going on. Next piece of news here. is Cam Newton. Again, this is from last week. Uh, longtime quarterback of the Carolina Panthers, one-time number one overall pick. One-time MVP of the league, yep. uh, took him to a Super Bowl and a 15 and one record. A truly great player and one of the all-time great Panthers, probably the all-time great. Panthers. Yeah, no, definitely. Placed on injured reserve, um, which basically it sounds like he might be done for the year. He's had a foot injury as well as a shoulder injury that's carried over from last year that is keeping him out. Yeah, even when he has played this year, he didn't look 100 percent, and yeah. we thought originally that might have been like schematically just to avoid re-injury but it appears there was something niggling all along and he was trying to play through it but he didn't look himself this year not at all um, it's interesting so Kyle Allen their backup has played very well in his place and now the question becomes they're kind of giving him the keys for the rest of the season if he st- keeps playing well I find it hard to imagine they give it back to Cam no uh, yeah this might be it for Cam Newton in Carolina which it would, I think it would be weird to see him go somewhere else it would shake things yeah. up certainly but if, if, he, if he becomes available now he's still under contract for next year but if, if they start shopping him around his contract's not insane it, they're paying him like I think it's something like 18 million next year which is obviously a lot of money but mm. 
you know, would you rather pay Jared Goff 29 million or Cam Newton slightly over the hill, I'll admit, 18? I'd take a flyer yeah, on him. Yeah. It's not going to take much to get him. They're going to want him off the books if they decide to move on from him. Yeah, if he's fully fit, yeah, I'd give him a chance. In, in the right system, he can win you a lot of, a lot of games. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Chicago, we're looking at you. I would love to see him play for <laughs> oh, that would, team. That would be great. Uh, that's it for our kind of news oh, uh, from last week. Actually, I have one more item. Uh, I think it's important to talk about Trent Williams, the oh, yes. uh, offensive tackle for the Washington Redskins, who are one of the worst-run organizations in sports. And that was proved last week by an emerging story about Trent, who has been holding out on a big-money contract this year, uh, given up a lot of dollars to not play for the Redskins so far. It's been a lot of conversation and confusion about why he would choose to do that. Because he's been there for years as well. He's been there a long time. I think he's like seven or eight years in the league, and he's been in Washington the whole time. Um, Basically, he came out last week and revealed that throughout this past offseason, he was receiving care for a cancerous tumor in his head in his skull. Um, the reason for his absence, though, is not anything to do with that. He was treated in the off-season and cleared to play football. Otherwise, he would be on injured reserve or something like that. Uh, he is choosing not to suit up for the Redskins because he reported a lump in the back of his head six years ago. Six years ago to Washington team doctors. And was told it was benign by, or, or uh, yeah, thought it was yeah. benign by team doctors. Basically, they, they, don't worry about it, Trent. Get that helmet on. Get out there and start playing for us. I mean, his life was in, at risk every time he put the uniform on and it, probably every time he practiced yeah. for the last six years. So, understandably, and I think he put it quite mildly, he said he's lost faith in the in the team, yeah, and which I think is fair. It's a bad look for the Redskins. A terrible look. In a Redskins. long line of bad looks for the Redskins. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm a player coming into the league that that, that would really discourage me from going yeah. there. They don't have your best interests. And I heart. look, we've got to say, there's no way to know or prove that they knew what it was and decided not to tell him. That would be. It couldn't just be incompetence. It probably it, is. But even if it is. That's very discouraging. Yes. Um, that's it for news from last week. Let's move on because we have a lot of news to cover this week. Uh, we're now getting into the last week in the NFL. We're going to start this off with probably the biggest piece of news. Oh, I missed one. Should we talk about Josh Gordon? Quickly? We shall. Oh, Josh. This is again from last week. Josh Gordon, who was signed with the Patriots, has had uh, many problems off the field throughout his career he's when he's healthy he's one of the best receivers of the past five years flash. by far flash he's, he's they don't a, call him that for nothing yeah precisely he's he's big he's fast and he's got hands he's, he's scary yeah playing for the patriots uh was placed on injured reserve previous to last week's round of games um he immediately he commented on a, a sports center post on instagram about it he was very vocal in the media about it. He basically claims that he was not injured or was not, at least not injured enough to be put on reserve, which suggests that the Patriots just kind of wanted him out of the way. Yeah. So they placed him on there. Um, I'm surprised he's been as vocal about it as he has been because, to me, I've got a lot of love for Josh Gordon. I wish him success. I have to kind of side with the Patriots here. I would love to malign them, but... 
it seems to me the Patriots aren't the organization for someone who's gonna no uh, Josh have stories about them in the press. Uh, Josh has a long track record of marijuana use. Um, he's had a year, other he, antics off the field. He's, he's, had, he's missed two years of his career at least. He's, he's, he played in Cleveland for five years and missed like sixty games. Yeah, it's not some of it was injury, most of it was suspension. Uh, I hope I hope the best for him. He got picked up by Seattle after New which England is, cut. Which is interesting. Week, uh, which is very interesting. Since Russell Wilson wanted Antonio Brown, I guess uh, he was just. Josh Gordon will have to do. Yeah, he was after some sort of troubled um, <laughs> elite wide receiver. I really only wanted to mention it. I, just, I don't have a lot to say about it. I just I hope he can keep it on the right track. At this point, I have absolutely no faith in him whatsoever. Everyone I've every interview I've seen from Seattle players are saying we're going to welcome him with open arms. He's yeah, and be they a should. Big part of this team. So hopefully he can get it together because. He only needs to stop smoking weed for like six years, make bank, and then he can smoke it for the rest of his exactly. life. Exactly. But obviously there's some underlying issues there that mental health or whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, I mean... But a lot of people use it for pain as well, so it, it could be... because like, had a lot of injuries. Because players are actually allowed to take uh, prescribed opioids for their pain, rather th- uh, but are not allowed to smoke marijuana. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Which, And some people see that as an alternative to something that can become heavily addictive, so... We can we, we don't know where it's coming from, but the legislation is what it is. He knows the rules. He needs to abide by them if he wants to play in the exactly. league. Exactly. The f- the fact is he is he's he seems like a good guy. It's not like he's been suspended for you know crimes over all all of his career. It's just but there, it does boil down to if you want to play in the NFL, you got to play by the rules. Yeah, that's exactly. it. You cannot partake of any banned substances, whether it's performance enhancing or not. It. I hope the best for him. No faith at all, but no. I, do, I hope that it works out for him. And I think if it does, huge Seattle get. could be a perfect yeah. place for him. Yeah, huge get for the Seahawks. Uh, finally, now we will move on to... It's really just two big pieces of news yes. this week. Uh, first, we, where do you want to start? Shall we start with uh, last night? So it's actually a game from week 11. It was the yeah, thir- so the we're Thursday recording this game. on Friday. So last night was the Steelers' absolute travesty of a performance against the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, it was the end of 21-7, but that's not the story... Uh, that we're here to talk about with seven no. seconds left in the game Miles Garrett uh, a, a star player for the Browns defensive player yeah. uh, was trying to sack Mason Rudolph on an innocuous play from their own inside their own five, five yard line at the end yeah. of the game Steelers are doing that thing where there's like one play left and you're down by two scores but you pretend like you have a chance to win the game so they're they're trying to make a play mm-hmm. Miles comes in and I have to say makes a you know, we're, we lean Steelers on this podcast, but let's be fair. A very routine tackle. Yep. Wrapped him up, took him down. I thought it was a nice tackle. Mason Rudolph, the Steelers quarterback for this season, kind of flipped out on him. Yeah, as he was on the floor, he began sort of pulling at Miles Garrett's helmet. There was some maybe shoving into the ground as well. Uh, Miles Garrett took serious exception to this and yeah. stood up. Mason Rudolph was still on the ground, grabbed him by his face mask and just pulled him up and his helmet off his head. Wrenched the helmet off of his head. Uh, 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 that's a ban right there anyway. Yes. But what followed was... Uh, some offensive linemen start getting involved, trying to get in between uh, Mason and Miles. Uh, Mason Rudolph then kind of charges Miles. And we're, so we're really trying to make the point here that Mason really started this, by the way. Yeah. But that does not excuse what happened next, which is Miles Garrett, who is six foot four, two hundred and forty odd. I don't know. He Wielding was, Mason's He's like LeBron helmet. in football pads. Yes. Yeah. Who's still holding on to Mason Rudolph's helmet, swings it overhand and cracks it down onto Mason Rudolph's onto the top of his head, 
who, by the way, is just back from missing three weeks with a concussion. It's a, like a moment of he just saw red and he's it, absolutely it, like what I've seen. Uh, he was hit on the head with the face mask side of the helmet. If it was the other side, which is so much harder. It could have been. It really could have bad. been. It could have caved his skull in, or get, at least given him a serious concussion, considering he just recovered from one. Yeah. Um, I think we've done a pretty fair job there. Of, we. I absolutely don't agree with this narrative of like, oh my god, Miles Garrett is cra- like he's crazy. Why did he do this? Uh, totally unprovoked. Not true. Mason was kind of being a dick, but when someone's being a dick, at the with eight seconds left in a game that you're gonna win, you, you take the high ground and laugh in their face. <laughs> laugh at them. Push them. I don't even care about that. But you cannot, for any reason, I've never seen that. No, he it, took it, the helmet from his head and then used it, it as a weapon it was, against it. It was like it was horrible to watch. And Mason Rudolph didn't go down. He stayed on his feet after it. But uh, he's been checked out in concussion protocol. So we'll, I don't. I doubt. Doubtfully, he'll start next week, especially after uh, just coming back. Yeah, but. I'm not sure yet. Uh, they did play Thursday night, so it's like ten days yeah. until the Steelers play again. So they might be okay. Um, the only other thing, so this today, the news is breaking everywhere. Um, Miles Garrett is suspended indefinitely. People are calling for him to be suspended for the rest of the season, mm. which would be a huge loss for Cleveland, who are finally kind of looking like yeah. they're trying to get things back on track. Um, Marquise Pouncey, the Steelers' center, who kind of came to Mason Rudolph's aid and threw Garrett down and and then a little stamp, gave him a little extra a little stamp of a few right hands. He's been banned for one game, which He's is maybe can game. be considered generous. Yes, uh, yeah. So he came in after the helmet hit. He throws Miles to the ground, which I think he would not have been penalised for whatsoever, no. as is just like an act of defending the quarterback. He kind of gave him a couple of kicks and a couple of punches, which I'm not going to defend. I was watching, I was like, yeah, you know, defend your quarterback, but you will get suspended yeah. for it. I have no qualms with the suspension. And then the last suspension is a name that we're terrified to try and say on the podcast. Um, Oban Joby. Ogan Joby, Ogan Cleveland Joby. Browns defensive lineman, who got involved at the end of the play, as after the hit and after the pouncy thing. He was like the first Brown to arrive on the scene, and he just kind of as it was ending, pushed Mason Rudolph in the back to the ground, yeah. which was just seen as trying to like accelerate what was already dying down, so I think they just got him for that. Yeah. Um, but that was much less egregious. The The Miles Garrett thing... So there's this is the only thing I want to talk about in conjunction with this is, and we, there's no way to know whether this is true or not, and I think if it's not, it's a very dangerous narrative to be spreading about someone. I don't know if you've seen this today on Twitter. I, don't I haven't seen any official source that said anything about it, but like half of Twitter is suggesting that Mason Rudolph might have called Miles Garrett the N-word. Mm. That is which is mostly, I think, from what I read on Twitter, and I was not very busy at work today, so I spent a lot of time <laughs> on Twitter. From what I was reading, it seemed like it was mostly just like, oh, he must have called him the N-word for him to yeah, go that yeah, and do that. Yeah. But there's been no players, nobody has suggested that. That is an interesting thought. If that came from a source that I've not seen, first, I mean, obviously, it's obvious what I would think of that. Yeah. I would, you know... Rudolph would get a ban. Take, there's take the gloves off, Miles Garrett, and do whatever you want. I mean, <laughs> That's it. There's no excuse for that. I thought it was worth mentioning, even though I think we should now kind of leave that alone because there's no suggestion as yet. If anything comes out that we'll confirms you know. that, we will talk about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, a, a wild, wild night. 
Yeah, no, uh, crazy and kind of the cherry on the top of the terrible cake uh, for the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> Rudolph, uh, before getting smashed in the head, threw three interceptions. The Steelers were never really in the game. No, never. Um, now we're reviewing week 11 before we reviewed week 10, but still, I'll stop talking yeah, about that. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Final piece of news, as we are really stretching out the news section here, but this is probably going to take even longer to talk about. This week, uh, tomorrow now, as we're recording this on Friday, the NFL are hosting an open workout for one Colin Kaepernick, uh, who has not played in the NFL in three years. Of mm. national anthem protest fame. Yeah, uh, I mean, he so three years ago he kneels for the anthem, can't get a contract since. I have been on the record with you, yes, pre-podcast, but it's always it's long been my stance. I never thought he was that great, but it's still been unbelievable to watch what's happened to no him. No one's picked him up. This is not the time or the place to go over the entire Colin Kaepernick saga, but it's fair to say this is an immense moment that he may get work his way back into the league. He has been the guy for three years, every single time a quarterback has shown any sign of being slightly in pain on the field. People on Twitter are saying they should go and get Kaepernick. The thing that the thing that's this looks like on a publicity stunt from the NFL to me. I mean, I'm just uh, going in on them here, but I'm gonna get impassioned. Let's do it. Kaepernick. Uh, Kaepernick has been out of the league, and he has been. It's been well documented that he's been fit. He's been training four times a week, every week. Mm-hmm. He's been healthy, and every single GM has known about it. I mean, Mark Sanchez has been picked up in that time over Colin Kaepernick, who's yep. available. And it's all because of his right to protest. And the reason it is, is the co- protest seems to get confused with hating the troops for some reason. The hijacked narrative yeah, every, of the protest what, is... He's protesting the fact that black... Uh, the police police brutality on young black teenagers is basically what he's protesting. He's raising awareness for it. How is he that wants, an issue that wants, anyone could have a qualm with at all? And it's a peaceful protest. He's kneeling down. And that's what cost him three years of his livelihood. Thankfully, he got a huge contract with Nike to release shoes, yeah. so he's still been making bank in that time. But uh, yeah, so this workout tomorrow was organised by the NFL as maybe the olive branch to Kaepernick because it's maybe. just they finally went back on it. But uh, 11 teams are supposedly interested. I think you have the list there. Yeah, so there's 11 teams confirmed committed to be going to this workout tomorrow. Um, the Cardinals, the Falcons, the Browns, the Broncos, the Lions, the Dolphins, the Patriots, the Giants, the Jets, the Buccaneers, and the Redskins. Um, reports are also that Seattle will be attending and one other I can't remember who it is but it it will probably be way more than that but that's confirmed already where would you most like to see Kaepernick end up this is a very interesting question Um, I would like to see him in a position where he could compete for the job Uh, I don't want him to come in and be be there to back up so he could outplay Kyler Murray for the Cardinals, uh, Baker Mayfield for the Browns, but they're not going to give up on the last two years of number one overall picks yes. to put Colin Kaepernick in as the starter. Um, I think anywhere, I mean, Miami is a lost cause at this point, but it'd be kind of fun just to see he get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something for them to shout about, like just a big Washington is interesting. Um, Dwayne Haskins is now confirmed to be the starter for mm. the rest of the year, but has, they do not seem sure of him whatsoever. Um, I think either the Jets 
Maybe ready to give up on Sam Darnold by now. We we big did we, name team. Did we call with a potential to turn around if they get some good yeah, quarterbacks? Yeah, we, we last week in the uh, what shall now be known as the Lost Podcast. Uh, I think we talked. Shame too, because we, we, we predicted we, everything exactly right. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it was the best episode yet. You just can never hear it. Uh, but uh, we talked about the fact that the Jets we were deliberating on calling Sam Darnold a bust. Yeah, yeah. We haven't quite yet, but there was a spoiler another loss for them this week, so Yeah, not looking no, uh, no, no, no. They won this they week. They won this Scratch week. That. The previous week, but yeah. Um only other I mean it's always interesting to me. I think the Patriots just go to anything. They're they've just got their antenna up at all times. Yeah. Um only other interesting one, I think the Buccaneers are pretty much done with Jameis Winston at this point. Mm. He's at the end of his rookie contract this season and they're terrible again. Uh, so he would have a chance to play there, I think. I, I'd like to see him play. When he played in San Francisco, he made that Super Bowl... Uh, against the Ravens against the Ravens. 2012. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, an incredibly dynamic player. Yeah, just, it's, it's just the fact that he's lost four years. If, if, you, were so signing, if you were signing... If Colin Kaepernick was available now when he was kicked out of the league, like at the same level, he would that every team yeah. would show up. Literally I mean, every it's team. been true every every season that he's been kept out of football. It has always been true that he is better than at least one guy starting, starting at league. quarterback in the NFL. Which, if that be in the case, there is absolutely no reason for him not to start for a team in the NFL, other than the fact that they are systematically keeping him out of the sport. That's it. And it's very exciting to see them welcoming him back in. What I really don't want to see, though, is the NFL starting to be like, hey, Colin, hey, old buddy, welcome back, you know, using him in all the... Yeah. No way. No, I don't think... He, it, it's all down to him. I don't think he needs the NFL at this point. I he, think He doesn't, I, but he just loves... He just loves football. playing football. He's been training by himself, training with college teams uh, the entire time without having anything to really do it for. He's just got that drive, so obviously that's the best place to play your football, but... Uh, I don't know if he's going to be kneeling. That'll be the interesting no. point. <laughs> he would have to, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it would totally defeat the point if he didn't. Yeah. After he would all just be agreeing time. with it because there was a, a huge court case and we we can't really discuss all the details yeah. now, but there's been a lot of back and forth between. If you Kaepernick want to learn about what happened to Colin Kaepernick in detail, there's been a million things written and recorded. Yes. Yeah. It's a fascinating story that is still ongoing three years later. I'm thoroughly excited. Uh, at the prospect of them coming back. Yeah, me too. I've so is that have we had enough news? Should Goodness we talk, me. Shall we talk about? Shall we talk about some games? A big week. Uh, as um, as we've been doing in recent times, we've taken uh, about a few games each just to ha- spotlight because yeah. there's every week there's some games that you needed to see and we're gonna let you know which ones those are. I will go first. I'll go for it. And I will begin by talking about what we said on the Lost podcast would be the game of the week. And what pretty undeniably was, I think. Yes, yeah, it was. I'm talking about the Seattle Seahawks visiting the then undefeated San Francisco 49ers in a revamping of really one of the great modern rivalries in the NFL. Yes. We've just talked about Kaepernick. During that time in which the Niners, followed by the Seahawks, took up three years' worth of NFC Super Bowls, Yes. there were every year... Two incredible regular season and one incredible playoff game between those two teams. There is a real dislike, but also a healthy respect between the two. It is nasty, it is tough, it is physical, it is everything that 
and West Coast football is and reported not to be. Most importantly, two of the loudest stadiums in the league. Incredible. Uh, both of their home stadiums. So no matter where the game's played, it's deafening. It actually, like you could just, I could, you could hear it like through your TV yeah. screen that it was just deafening. A spectacular performance from both sides. I thought played really well. Acquitted there was well. some a very well played football game. There was some sloppy in. play turnover wise. There was a lot of turnovers in this game. There I mean, was. You can attribute that to defense, but I think there was a couple of overthrown balls, a lot of fumbles mm. that didn't need to be fumbles. But it was a big spot. What spotlight. an exciting game! It was awesome. It was like it was an instant classic to me, and it finishes up twenty-seven to twenty-four in overtime to the visiting Seahawks. Um, who the reason I wanted to talk about this game first are the team that have my MVP of the week, Jadavian Clowney. It's got to be the uh, the edge rusher, uh, former Texan that yeah. Seattle acquired by trade yeah. in the early part of this season. Truly, a, a just a game breaking performance from him. His best as a Seahawk by far, maybe the best I've seen him play in his career. Um, yeah, five he was, quarterback. Hits. Uh, he did strip sack. Every time you have the stats of the guy that I'm talking about, it makes me wonder if you might have the same. I guy. do not have him as my MVP, but he was considered. Oh, good effort knowing your stats. Yes. Um. So he's the former. He's like five years ago, he's the number one overall pick. He's gonna play next to JJ Watt. This is gonna be great. Didn't really work out that way. A very solid player. No one had any complaints about him, but he just didn't have the number one overall pick type of. An injury in his first career. season as well, I believe. A couple of injuries held him back. Uh, the Texans, in all of their infinite wisdom, decide to trade him to Seattle early this year. They're they're paying half of his contract for him to play for another team because they didn't want him anymore. He has been a contributor for them at a very high level since he got there, but hasn't had a breakout like this. Playing on the road against the only undefeated team left in the league. Five quarterback hits. Excellent play, I thought, against the run. The Niners' run attack, rushing attack, was has stopped. been yeah. pretty aggressive this year. Like they've got multiple backs that are just ripping off twenty yarders, and he really was stuffing them. And most importantly, had one big play that really won him this award all on his own. Anytime this happens, and everything that I'm about to say was done by this the one man on one play, you're gonna get my MVP of the week. He had a Sack, fumble, fumble recovery, return for a touchdown. Yep. It is so hard to do any one of those things. <laughs> and he did them all. In a huge moment in the game, it really swung the momentum. Because the Niners started out going up 10 nothing. I can't remember situa- situationally what, like, what the score was at the time. But I remember thinking, this is a Niners game happening right now. Niners were driving again. Clowney comes in, rips it out of Garoppolo's hand picks it up straight into the end zone, turned the tide, eventually ends up going to overtime, and it felt the Seahawks had their swagger back after that. I will stress that this could have went either way, because I, I I think the Niners missed a 47-yard field goal to win it in overtime. So, this guy, was, yes, that is true. And this guy's getting a lot of flack. Uh, the Niners kicker, Robbie, Go- Robbie Gould, mm-hmm. who's a great kicker, got injured last week. So they have this guy, this undrafted rookie kicking for them in this biggest game of their season, who, by the way, went two for two in the fourth quarter to get them to overtime in the first place, made a couple of big kicks, and then he misses one from like nearly 50 yards away, and everyone's saying it's all his fault. He did everything he could, yeah, I thought. Definitely. But it's uh, like it was a close game contested. At the end of regulation, either team could have won it. 
Yeah, in overtime, either team could have won it. It was just a great game to Rarely watch. Rarely in the in today's NFL do you get the situation where both teams possessed the ball multiple times in overtime. The Seahawks ended up kicking the winner with like a minute left yeah. on the clock, so there was nine minutes of tight play. At the after the first like minute and a half, it was to the point of next score wins, and it took that long for the Seahawks to get into range. Mm. Uh, uh, another great Russell Wilson performance, by the way. Uh, worth mentioning since we raved about him last yes. week uh, as a front runner for MVP. Uh, to me, that was the game of the week, and that's my MVP of the week. What, what game that was my game of the week. Uh, I will highlight the game with my MVP of the weekend, and this was a bit of an outside choice, uh, but I love it. It was an interesting game going in because it was the return of Patrick Mahomes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, against the Titans, uh, and the Chiefs were upset here. Patrick Mahomes did throw for 450 yards and four touchdowns, but still managed to lose the game. How? But. <laughs> But but my MVP of the week goes to Derrick Henry, uh, who rushed for 188 yards and two touchdowns, and it was just that, in my opinion, the ideal game for Derrick Henry because the problem with the Titans is if they go behind by two scores, three scores, they have to start trying things in the air. Mm-hmm. But they kept it close to the Chiefs. There were never more than one score behind, so they just ran Derrick Henry through tackles, and he, that's where he eats. He's just a huge man. He's like this, a defensive end playing running back. He's awesome. And uh, Vrabel's offensive line really just carved open holes against the Chiefs and uh, that all led to a final drive by Ryan Tannehill who managed to throw a touchdown pass with time expiring great work Marcus Mariota never getting that job it was Miami's fault <laughs> it was Miami's, it was Miami's fault, fault. But yeah, so, so I've taken Derek Henry I will a say very exciting game en- ended in like the most exciting way a game can end yes. which is with the Chiefs kicking a long field goal to try and send it to overtime, which they would then have been expected to win. Uh, and I'm blanking on the name, but a Titans special teamer who, it must be said, was about seven yards offside yes. and somehow got away yeah. with it, comes screaming around the, the edge and blocks the kick, ends the game. What yeah. a moment. What a moment. Big moment for the Titans, trying to get back in this. Big thing. moment for the Baltimore Ravens. At the top uh, yeah. of the AFC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're probably very thankful for that. Right, what game you got for me next? The Titans, by the way, now that puts them at just a game behind the Chiefs for the division, and with the tiebreaker. Uh, we flagged them off in our opening episode, I think so. Deserving, <laughs> deserve to be flagged. At all we didn't know they were going to get clutch Tannehill. Uh, my next game, I oh, I barely want to talk about it actually, but I think it's worth mentioning. The adrift useless season over Atlanta Falcons ruined absolutely every single person's accumulator this week (laughs) by going into New Orleans where they were like a 12 point underdog and putting the beat down on the Saints you know I wish I had said this to you because I was having a conversation with uh, my friend Cameron also an NFL fan uh, before this week we were just talking about how the Falcons were having such a bad season but I was saying I would hate I hate to play the Falcons when they're one and seven because they've got Matt Ryan, they've got Julio Jones, and you've seen it over the past six years. They can put up forty points in any game against with anyone ease. with ease. Do you know what I mean? So even when they're a one and seven team, things like this can happen. And yeah, they beat the Saints twenty six to nine. Yeah, what they usually can't do on any given day is hold Drew Brees <laughs> and the New Orleans <laughs> offense to nine points. You know what I say? Bring back Teddy Two Gloves. Yeah, hey, breeze out, breeze out. Drew Brees is over the hill. Put <laughs> Teddy Two Gloves. Can you imagine if for any reason they benched Drew Brees for Teddy Bridgewater? <laughs> I think, like, I, I, don't, I, yeah, I really mean, can't imagine that. So, this doesn't change my opinion on the Saints. I still think they're 
one of the best teams in the league. They're going to kick themselves for this when it affects their seeding later on. Um, this happens every. This is allowed. You get one if you're a really good team. If you're seven and one, yeah. you get one where you they kind of shit the bed. Mm. They weren't prepared. They were looking. They were clearly looking past Atlanta. Yeah. They thought this will be. Easy. It, they just got caught, and it it happens sometimes. It shouldn't happen, and it hurts my uh, argument from last week for Sean Payton for coach of the year because that's that's exactly the guy whose job it is to make sure your guys get up for every game. Really, not a good look for them. No, not at all. Uh, and I don't know if the Falcons might upset a few more people down the line. Uh, are you talking about the infamous uh, Matt Ryan's like one of the all-time examples? Phil Rivers is really good for this too in bad in bad seasons for the Chargers. Mm. Once it's too far gone to possibly save the season, yeah, they just start ruining five, other people's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that they are that team this year. They're the bad team that can beat anyone just like randomly. It, it must. It's so annoying. Like Matt Ryan, like has thrown for a ridiculous amount of yards without ever looking like he's going to win anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he always has like 450 yards, but he's lost the game by two points. He's, he's and he'll always be remembered for blowing the biggest lead in Super Bowl yes, history. Yes, yes. So yeah. Um, Poor Matt Ryan. Falcons. He's made a lot of money. He's put okay. The, put the beat down on the Saints. Uh, another game which I really enjoyed watching this week. Kind of a weird game. The Vikings uh, entertaining the Cowboys uh, yes. in Minnesota. Uh, it ended 28-24 to the Vikings, but I will say this... Well, it, was in, it was in Dallas. In Dallas, sorry, yeah, to the Vikings. So uh, they beat the Dallas on their, at home. Uh, but this game for me, I enjoyed watching it all the way through, but if, you, if you're if you a highlight watcher who just watches sort of the highlights of the yeah, game, yeah. this is a game to watch. There was six... Crazy catches in this game. <laughs> Kyle Rudolph, who caught two touchdowns and a two-point conversion, a little hat-trick of catches in the back of the end zone, but his yeah. first one, he pulled it out of the arms of the defensive back, like right above his head, managed to keep his feet in. It was incredible. Amari Cooper has this new tactic that I've never seen in my life of catching balls. He runs his route directly to the sideline, mm-hmm. plants his toes, falls, and catches it about three feet out of bounds. It's unguardable. If, 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 if the throw is where it needs to be. Yeah, if you've seen, like, I've never seen anyone, like, if someone did that once in any game, like, he did it three times, once yeah, for a yeah, touchdown, yeah. and he's catching the ball, I, I don't, like, if, if Michael Jackson's lean. Uh, yeah, it's very yeah, like Yeah, out, outside, leaning, like, almost falling over onto the sideline. Yeah, so, so you'll see this happen every now and again, but to turn it into a skill yeah. that you can actually employ with regularity. Yeah. And the thing is, he, he's not looking down. He's like where he knows where the sideline is, and he's running his route to there. He's not looking back, and it just comes. And like he was finding him on Sunday. We uh, might have we might have one of the rare things that never happens, and it might have actually happened twice to the same team, which is when Oakland traded Khalil Mack to the Bears, and then Amari Cooper, who we're just talking about, to Dallas. Might be one of those things where just everybody's just happy with how it worked out. Mm. Perfect for Oakland, as we talked about before. They've racked up a lot of young talent with all those draft picks. Perfect for Chicago. Perfect for Dallas. Mm. Usually, someone gets left out in the yeah, cold. Yeah, well, we re- we really thought it was going to be the Raiders, like <laughs> up until very recently, like this the sort of four games into the season. I thought the Raid, like John Gruden, had made the worst yep. trade possibly yep. in history. Very surprising. And in fact, I'll talk about mm. them next to just close but, out. But the Vikings did. Uh, oh, did end up winning totally the game. <laughs> the Vikings did end up winning the game. Uh, from uh, it was another one that went right down to the wire. There was a lot of lead changes. Uh, Vikings looking good at seven and three. 
Yeah, but wait till December and give me Kirk Cousins as the opposing quarterback <laughs> any day of the week. Yeah. Uh, sorry, who are we going to talk about next? Uh, I'll talk about the Raiders. Yes. They've been very impressive. This is just going to be a really quick one. They're playing the Chargers. Uh, this was quite a while ago. This is like over a week ago, just because it was on a, it was on Thursday night of week ten. Um, comes down to the final drive, and it's difficult to say, man. Is it great Raiders defense? Is it just Philip Rivers letting me down every time? They make a huge pick to end the game in mm. the dying seconds. Um, don't have a lot to say about it other than the Raiders get themselves to over five hundred. Um, which nobody would have expected going into the season at this point. Um, they've now played again, I imagine, unless they were on a bye. Yeah, uh, aye, the Raiders really at the start of the season were the joke because of all the Antonio Brown saga. So I won't mention his name again. Uh, <laughs> because of uh, Gruden's sort of really rocky first year, uh, everyone was down on the Raiders, and for them to be over 500 at this stage in the it's season. It's really impressive. Really we talked about incredible. them as one of the biggest surprises of the season last week. Um, and the number one thing I remember about this game is the awesome shot. The, a camera guy got down on the sideline on the last drive, and it's right behind. It's like over Derek Carr's shoulder as he's crouching, watching his defense try and clinch the game. And then the pick happens like right in front mm. of him. And just to see his reaction, he's just so hyped and like he runs on the field. The team really seem to pull for each other and get on. And yeah. they're an interesting group. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see where they go. If they can add a few more pieces, like. It's a division. They've got. They're in a tough division. Let's be honest. They've got everybody. So the Chargers are three and six now. Um, four and six. Sorry. And literally everybody else in that division is in play. The yeah. Titans and the Raiders have are five and four each. Yeah. The Chiefs at six and three. The Chiefs are six and three. Chiefs six and four. Six and four now. Yeah. Um, I'm getting all mixed up with my records right now. I'm going to uh, spotlight one more game, and it's mainly because I didn't pick him for my player of the week, but in the Jets-Giants game, there was a monster performance from Jamal Adams. We spoke about him. I can't remember if it was in the deleted podcast or the podcast that's been released. But we spoke, no, we spoke about it. Oh, yeah, so uh, last week we spoke about the fact that the Jets were actually shopping him around, and he came out and he said, the Patriots don't take calls on Tom Brady, the Rams don't take calls on Aaron Donald, I hold myself in that regard. And we said, you're not, but it's good that you hold yourself that way. He's good come day. out this week, and by your G, Davian Clowney logic, he had a strip sack recovery uh, fumble and another strip sack in that incredible. same game. In that same game, yeah, he was he was just incredible. He was eaten up. Uh, Jets managed to get the win uh, over the Giants, 34-27. The battle for New York. The battle for New York. The worst game imaginable. The Jets may have unbelievably shot themselves in the foot again by winning a big game because it probably just means that the Giants are going to be above them in the draft. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, Jets. Right, that's enough of uh, talking about last week, I think. Okay. Let's uh, take a break from talking about games. We'll do a segment on this show called Let's Talk About where one of us will just bring up a topic that's kind of to do with football but outside the scope of Results and results or stats or whatever. Yeah. Something that might be a trend or a player or anything that we might want to talk about. Um, we're a few weeks late on this one because of how long it's been um, since we recorded and then losing an episode last week. But we're going to talk about my experience in week five of this season, which is now like over a month ago. I was lucky enough to be in Pittsburgh 
in Heinz Field with a great view, sitting round about the 50-yard line, watching them play the Ravens. Which was one of the games of the year so far. It was spectacular, and I just happened to be there. Uh, my mum and I went. We happened, We were over in that area visiting family, and so we went to the game. And I've, be, I've been fortunate enough to have been before, and it was everything I remembered it being, and so much more. It is a spectacular experience. We got in early. We were like an hour before kickoff. We got in there. Uh, we were like watching guys warm up. It's just awesome to see what goes on on the field before the cameras get turned on. It's funny the things you like pick up on that I never would have noticed before. But so like we have a a receiver this year, number eighty uh, something Holden. Yeah. Never heard of him before this season, but he's, he gets in there every now and again. I just now have no faith in him whatsoever and assume that he's a terrible receiver because I was watching him warm up and he <laughs> threw him a water ball, which he then went to catch, missed, and it like hit him in the face. <laughs> and I was just laughing and just for some reason that will now forever be in my mind as an opinion of him. Um, the game itself was spectacular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, run it down. It was a good. So this is a game that ended up, unfortunately for me. 26 to 23 in overtime in favor of the Ravens, uh, but it was really like an awakening for the Steelers uh, defensively, especially. They, yeah, this year because they had a, they had a really rough start before that, and the Ravens had played so well that people were predicting a blowout. Yeah, it was like as and at that point we were what one and three one going three. into week five. Obviously, we came out of it one and four, which kind of defeats the point. Ultimately, we lost the game, but it was. It was awesome, and it's cool to be there. Uh, we've been to Wembley games before, the two of us together, and it's like every fan goes wearing the jersey of whatever team they support, whether or not that team is playing in the game, which I think is cool. It's like a cool atmosphere. Everybody's just there to enjoy seeing football played yeah. live. It was awesome to be like in a sea of Steelers jerseys, and an intel. I don't mean to slight UK fans. I was about to say an intelligent, like a football smart crowd yeah i think uk fans are just as football smart but when you're unanimously in support of one team over the other there's certain things that happen that don't happen the, in crowd, the crowds involved for example, tactically a lot exactly it's like dead silent when the steelers are out there on offense you can hear a pin drop because they got to call their plays because they People need to know where they're yeah, exactly. going exactly you want them to hear you want your team to be able to hear signals and stuff and then as soon as that defense comes out on the field, you're just screaming until they go back off again. You're praying for an interception, not for the usual reasons of how good it would be for your team, but just so you can sit down and stop screaming at the top <laughs> of your lungs. It's actually exhausting. If I, if I lived in Pittsburgh, honestly, I would struggle to go to every game, other than the financial element. Say you gave me a season ticket. Or I think I would expire by like the yeah. halfway point of the season. It's so stressful. It all feels so real. Yeah, time of possession and also an important stat for the fans because exactly. <laughs> you're going to have break. a sore throat. Yeah. Um, there a couple of other cool things that you, that you pick up on. Just just being there, I had a great uh, like seat neighbor. Yeah. There's this old Pittsburgh guy who has held a season ticket, so he's in that seat every game for like the last thirty years or something. Um, well, presumably not before they moved to that stadium, but you get my point. Yes, yeah, he's a long-time season ticket holder. And so he's aware of, like, he knew all the season ticket holders that were around him. He was, like, waving to them and saying, hi, how are you? Um, 
and he knew that the seat to his left, your seat, which was my seat, is always held by a different person because whoever it is must sell the ticket all the time, the person that we got them from. So he like welcomed us. He was like asking us about what we were doing there with our first game, blah, 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 because he knew what to expect. Yep. And by the end of it, we're like arm in arm, we're shouting the F word. <laughs> it was great. It was so much fun. It sounds it. Uh... Um, other cool things I, I noticed. First of all, maybe the most amazing thing I discovered while I was there is that when when there's a kickoff in the NFL, the ball is placed on like a little plastic tee. The guy kicks yeah, it. Yeah, we've, we've seen the tee. Everybody seen runs the tea. down the field. Something that had never occurred to me before is what then happens to the tee? Where does it go? Because I've never seen somebody step yeah. on it, trip over it, whatever. It turns out, at least for in Pittsburgh anyway, there's like a little like a ball boy at Wimbledon or something. There's just a kid who, while the play is still going on, the kicker kicks it off the tee, they all run down to the other end of the field to cover the kick. This kid just got, does a dead sprint <laughs> across the field and grabs the tee on the way and just keeps going. I want to see the day when he falls and gets trampled on the way back. I mean, <laughs> presumably that's going to happen. So yeah, it doesn't seem like a great plan, but I never would have known that without attending in person. I also I really enjoyed watching the sideline. Um you got Ben Roethlisberger down there in, in street clothes, like coaching, and a mm. lot of guys approaching him, offensive and defensive guys, approaching him and just talking, clearly receiving advice. Or, or I'd love to him see him as a QB's coach later on. I really think he career. could do it. The guys seem to trust him a lot and, and trust him to know what he's talking about. You've got Shazier, down there. You got Shazier down, down there as well. I was getting emotional watching Shazier. Uh, running about. <laughs> just running around, like warming up with the linebackers. He almost definitely talked about him before. Uh, Steelers linebacker who suffered a terrible spinal injury didn't think he was going to walk again. He's he not, will he's never not, play again. Never play, I don't imagine, but he is now a full-time part of the Steelers coaching staff. And he was only three years deep in his career when his, yeah, his like, career was ended. Like twenty six or something. From all accounts from the Steelers camp, his football IQ is such that he is an asset to these linebackers. Like even that linebackers are potentially older than him. Yeah. He, he sees the field really well. He sees uh, offensive formations really well, and apparently he's a huge help and just a great guy to have around in the locker room. Uh, another thing that I discovered which I absolutely loved, which I missed on the TV broadcast, um, every time the Steelers force a turnover, get an interception, force a fumble, whatever it might be, which they did a lot in that game, which yes. is impressive, uh, they loudly around the stadium play Give It Away by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, <laughs> which is quite funny. Um, the only other thing to talk about, this is slightly a downer. Yeah, talk, talking about talk, how great this whole talk to me about was. the injury because so this was the game at which Mason Rudolph took the hit to the head from uh, Raven safety Earl Thomas, dropped down like a ton of bricks, unconscious on his feet, straight down to the turf. Doctors running on. And myself watching this at home, as soon as it had happened on the original broadcast, you couldn't see it at all because they followed the play. It was actually a great play. It, yeah, it, it, they got I'll first. They yeah. got, they so got, so they're like. They were like on third and twelve. This is what's been lost in the whole story is that it was probably the best play of Mason Rudolph's young career so <laughs> far. Like third and twelve in their own territory, trying to keep this game alive. He rolls right, he rolls back left, he's looking downfield, he finds Juju Smith Schuster for a for like a fifteen yard gain. So the whole stadium is watching where the ball is, yeah. as as are the cameras broadcasting the game. And then we turn back and there's this this body yeah, lying on the dead weight that is Mason Rudolph. Yeah, it was Quite a shock. Yeah, and whereas me sitting at home, they obviously showed us the replays, uh, and it was a 
pretty. Uh, we're going to call it accidental, but he shouldn't be naming that high. He obviously wasn't trying to go helmet to helmet, but Errol Thomas no. hit him hard, and he was knocked out before he hit the ground. He was a sack yeah, of potatoes. He was down limp. There. Um, the weirdest thing about it was so they have Wi Fi in the stadium, and I'm messaging you pre game, mm. and then this happens in the third quarter. Obviously, I've been a bit too busy to be messaging you much during the yeah. game, but I know you're watching, and. We're like looking back and now they're not showing anything on the big screen. It's just like a live feed of what's going on. And I was like, oh, it must have been a bad hit because mm. otherwise they would have showed it. the replay. So I'm messaging you. I'm there in attendance, <laughs> like so many feet away from, I mean, I was pretty high up, but yeah. a matter of 100 feet or so away from the incident. And I'm messaging you three and a half thousand miles away going, did they show a replay on TV? <laughs> what happened? And you may not know this, but you were informing like a decent subsection of Pittsburgh fans <laughs> because I was then shouting to everybody around me who I'd been introduced to by my seat neighbour. I was like, this is what happened. Yeah. And people were actually paying attention. So you really were a big help. Yep, I was I was there in spirit. The oracle to my Batman. Yeah, and you can't the voice go to Heinz Field in your dressing gown with a bowl of cornflakes. So <laughs> I think I had Which the better experience. Which is your preferred method <laughs> of, of doing a Steelers game. I think uh, I had the better experience overall. Yeah, um, so this sounds obvious to say not everyone is f- fortunate enough to have the, the chance, but if you're an NFL fan based in the UK, I mean, if you're ever over there, even if it's not your own team, I highly recommend just go and see a game and just root for the home team yeah. and you will have a great time. Uh, being in their home stadium is different to seeing them in Wembley. In it's definitely on, on a bucket list of mine because I've been in British crowds before. I know I've been to football games, I, I've, uh, our, our football games. Uh, and I know how the crowds work, uh, but it's completely different over there. It's a different kind of crowd. It's weird. The the culture is a lot less like confrontational. Like, yeah. Mixed in with the the visiting fans. Yeah. Obviously, there's less of them. But there was like there was Ravens jerseys all around me, mm. and you just start like busting yeah. guys' balls when their team does bad things. It's fun, and there's never really a suggestion that it's gonna get become anything more yeah. violent. No, it's on it's on my uh, bucket list for yeah, sure. It was awesome. Uh, you won't be surprised to know we are running extremely long. Well, we are going long once again. Uh, so it's in the name. Moving on, we're going to look at what games are coming up uh, this week in the NFL. Yeah. We've already mentioned one being played. Um, Steelers-Browns. Steelers-Browns. The Steelers look pretty bad, really. After having won four games in a row, they go down 21-7. to seven. Uh, Brings their record to an even 5-5. Five and five. The Browns now 4-6. and six. Um, kind of looking like coming back. The Steelers play Cincinnati, who are look like the worst team in the league. Yeah. Uh, through this many games, they play them this week, and then they're back home playing the Browns again. So the interesting thing here is going to be, like we talked about at the start, Pouncey and Ogunjobi will sit out this week, and then will return in a Steelers Browns game again. Competition. Yes. Uh, Miles Garrett, we assume, will not be playing. No. No, by the, in a couple of weeks. Time. I don't think he'll play again this year. Like, uh, yeah. Let Let's not fall back into that. Um, do you want to just highlight? We'll make picks in a in a bit. But do you want to just talk about any games you think are worth paying attention to? Uh, I want to see the bounce back from the Chiefs. Uh, they're playing down in Mexico City against the Chargers. I think it'll be a, it's a divisional game. It's down in Mexico. It's just got a bit of uh, something interesting about it. Uh, and I want to see. 
because of the altitude of the stadium they're playing at, uh, people have kicked ridiculously long field goals, and I think Mahomes could throw it from his one yard line into the opposition end zone. So I'm really hoping that happens. <laughs> Could be the first ever. Usually, when you see, there's been like I can't remember the number, like seven or eight 99 yard touchdown passes in NFL history, and it's almost always a t- t- like 10 a, yard catch, and he runs it and he breaks the tackle and he's 90. gone. Yeah. I would love to see it. Imagine it's a 99 <laughs> air yard. Yeah, no. If anyone can do it, it's it's wee Paddy. <laughs> so, uh, what other games? Yeah, they, they actually do need to get back on track. They're yeah. six and four. They're still in the driver's seat in this division. But if they were to somehow get upset in that game and the Titans won, <laughs> or the Jaguars won, I think. They're, yeah, they're, it's pretty. Those two are right on their heels. So mm. as as good as the Chiefs are, and I think we both believe their quality will win out yeah. and they'll just be okay. Yeah. they've really. They need to secure this. They want a good home field advantage in the playoffs as well like that's that's really what we thought they were playing for now it's looking like the Ravens have a hold on that but a tough fixture list ahead still have to play Packers and various other people yeah they got a couple of tough ones coming up um, I'm going to say my next most interesting game the New England Patriots yep. are visiting Philadelphia yep. who we talked about as one of our big disappointments the mm-hmm. Eagles um, we thought they were going to be great as far as I know, I think this might be the first time they've played each other since the Super Bowl. Yeah. Infamous Super Bowl. Um, they're going to want to win this one, the Eagles. Well, both teams are going to be after it, but Philadelphia is going to be crazy in the crowd that week. Um, and Philadelphia really need this um, to keep their season going. They've started out 1-3. and three. They made a great turnaround to become 5-4. and four. If they now go to 5-5, five and five, they're going to have a lot of work to do to make it into the playoffs because only one, I tell you now, only one team from that division is yeah, making it. No, so it's going to be them or Dallas, and they're going to have to keep pace. Uh, Dallas are playing the Lions in Detroit, which that could also be could go either way, but you would have to say the Cowboys would be favored Dallas, in that yeah, game. Yeah, Dallas would be the favorite. Dallas, even for, like that loss uh, at the weekend, they played well. In their losses, they have played well. I yeah, think. yeah. So for the most the, part. The Eagles are more troubling. Like, Well, I'm just excited by the fact that the last time we saw the Eagles play the Patriots, it was a it was a game to save the season, although mm. that's a weird way to look at it because either way it was the last game of the season. Uh, and Doug Peterson went into the bag of tricks multiple times and produced a spectacular performance. Mm. Now they're playing the Patriots again in a game that they must have mm. to keep the season going. I think it could be really interesting. No Nick Foles, though. No Nick Foles <laughs> to save the day. Just regular old nearly an MVP last season, Carson. <laughs> Um, who else is playing? Lots of other teams will be playing football. Uh, I think worth talking about. I don't want to cut you off, but if you're looking for something, no, you I can't. imagine you would want to talk about uh, Houston at Baltimore. Oh, what a Deshaun Watson versus Lamar Jackson. Two of the most promising young quarterbacks in the league. The Ravens last two weeks have really looked back to their best. They had a little wobble. They had a start where everyone was like, they're going to go undefeated. Yeah, they had a little yeah, yeah. wobble, a couple of games where they really should have played better and maybe deserved to lose some that they actually won. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then, but in the last couple of weeks, they put a beating on Cincinnati, but who are the worst team in the league? And uh, Lamar is just they took care of business against took, New England. Yeah, too. against New England as well, which is telling. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson, we've talked about him to death in his first season as a starter but he's he demands to be addressed every yeah, week his, I think he had 240 yards passing 
three passing touchdowns, accompanied by 65 rushing yards and another touchdown this week, and Whatever. that's not even exceptional. No, per- another perfect passing rate- rating yeah. for him, um, which is like a weird number, like 156.3 or something. Um, and I love watching the Texans. In an year. absolute blowout victory for the Ravens this past week, uh, 49-13 against the Bengals, which, to be fair, are the Bengals. Yes. But they've been doing it to a lot of teams. Um, I'm interested to see if they if they can do it to Houston. I think they won't be able to run up the score, but yeah. I think Deshaun Watson and Deshaun Watson. I love watching Houston, Houston this in year it. as well. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, they're really fun. Um, that's gonna be. I I would have to. I would put my game of the week bet on that. Yeah. But two high-powered teams, both of which are in a very good spot, but could also always do with a win. And both teams have a lot to prove because these groups haven't had a season where they've been great yet they've they've come close you right. know I mean? like this is both this is both a season where it could be their best season for many years so i think yeah a lot rides on this a lot rides on who comes out of that. i'm predicting the ravens to win that one though yeah i guess you'd have to say i would i would lean towards them as well uh but houston are gonna want it and deshaun watson is gonna want to remind everyone why we were all talking about him like we now talk about lamar, lamar. jackson yeah uh, so shall we make our Lions predictions? Yeah, let's do it. There's there's some other uh, relatively interesting games this this week, uh, but I think given I the think time gone too long. we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get on to some predictions. So we're gonna guess the lines. Each of us is gonna pick three uh, bets that we like the look of, and we'll see next week who ends up being right. Right. So I've taken New England minus three and a half at Philadelphia. Uh, okay. I think they'll take that by a touchdown, maybe more. Wow. Yeah. You you seem really confident. I I am confident, and I think I will be vindicated here. Uh, Philadelphia, I, like your point of how much of a must game win didn't come into my mind when I was making this selection, but I yeah yeah you have there. you have a little bit. I'm kind of fearful, but I'm gonna stick with it. New England minus three and a half because. I'd, yeah, Tom Brady plays for them. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, they should absolutely be favoured, and I, maybe buy more. I like I like the pick, even though I don't know. Let, we just talked about this game yeah. at length. I like I kind of like the Eagles, but I'm not not enough to take them. Uh, my first pick is going to be I'll take uh, Cleveland minus two and a half versus Pittsburgh because <laughs> it happened yesterday. Uh, <laughs> okay. Got, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. <laughs> Uh, okay. uh, no, I will take. Um, I like Carolina at home versus, I have, versus the Falcons. I, ha- I have that as well. I think this is a classic overrating of a bad team beating a good team in the previous week. We talked about yeah. that earlier. The Falcons beat down the Saints mm. in New Orleans. That doesn't, you know, you're not. They've I'm not liking your maths there. That does not mean that they will then go into Carolina and beat down the Panthers. They've lost seven other games against. Yeah, <laughs> and they're playing in Carolina, so they're on the road, and they're only. Uh, Four and a half, and a half point underdogs. Yeah. So I will absolutely take Carolina. I, I, to, I, I to, had that also to beat them. Okay, so we both have that one there. So then my final pick, uh, I took Kansas City. Another game we've already talked about. I'm taking Kansas City to beat the Chargers in Mexico City. Yeah, fair only they're only uh, minus three and a half. My only thing about that, again, I don't think I'm going to take them. My only thing about that game that hasn't been said already is you talked about how it's in Mexico. It's a divisional game. It's an interest, some interesting stuff going on. If you're the favored team. You don't want there to be any interesting things about the game. You just want it to be normal parameters, mm. on paper football. 
Yeah, good point. Better team beats the other. This is the kind of game that's like maybe something weird happens when the but it is the it is are traveling down to Mexico. It is the Chargers that have lost a home game. I mean, a home game doesn't mean much for the Chargers. I just I think the Chargers are going to be thrilled to be playing a game in a neutral ground yeah. rather than either on the road I, or at I, home, which is basically on the road. I don't imagine it being that neutral because of the, just the popularity of this Chiefs team. I think yeah, anywhere think the Chiefs are going to the stadium without the, a team, yeah, I'd say the, but, you know, cheer for Pat Mahomes. But yeah, yeah, if anyone can afford to lose a home game, it's the Chargers because they've got no fans. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, who was your final pick? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I still have to make two, I think, because we doubled up on my oh, yes, we first did. one. Uh, who do I like? I very much like... There's a lot of weird games this week. I'm going to take Buffalo. They've been good to me this season. Mm-hmm. They've had a wobble lately. But again, I'm going to bank on this being slightly overrating. The Dolphins have won two games in a row. Great for them. Good job by their coach, Brian Flores. He's really got them playing hard. Uh, but... I think Buffalo go down to Miami. They realize that they need they need to get this back on track with a big divisional win. They're it's Buffalo minus six. I think they can win that game by a touchdown. Yeah, in Miami. Yeah, easily. Um, I think you're getting a bonus for Miami being at home, but to me, for them, that doesn't make much of a difference. So I think Buffalo will just put the clamps on uh, a nice, safe Josh Allen game plan. Don't ask him to do too much. Lean on the defense, and I think they can win that game pretty handily. Um, and for one more, I would like to take an underdog at some point. Give me the Lions playing at home versus the Cowboys. Okay. So it's the Lions plus four and a half. Oh, that I like that, actually. Playing at home. <laughs> that feels like a tight game to me, and all mm. I need is something stupid to happen. Mm. Jason Garrett tries to call a timeout, <laughs> but he just claps instead, so that seems to be all he knows how to do. Uh, Cowboys miss a field. Who knows? Yeah. Anything could happen. For sure. I... I like this Lions team. They're three, five, and one. They're not. They're kind of on the outside looking in, but they are actually a talented. Yeah, team. and they keep popping up with good wins as well. Uh, yeah, exciting games, close ones. So yeah. yeah, I can see them definitely losing. I'm going to ride the Lions. They could. They could win that game. They could certainly keep it close, which is why I bet them. But also, they're just. It's fun to root against the Cowboys. So yeah. I, and I'm going to be watching this game. So I want to cheer for the Lions. I annoyingly. Well, annoyingly for you, I hate the Cowboys a lot less this year than I've ever hated them. I love their team. Yeah, I, love, I, <laughs> I don't know we why. Have, we, the two of us have just always had to hate the Cowboys because we were trained in the game by my mum who yeah, grew yeah. up like in the 70s when they were calling in the themselves Pittsburgh area. America's team. Yeah, and, <laughs> and they were just the ultimate villains for Steeler fans. Yeah. And it has carried, it stayed with her through all this time. Even though they've never been rivals while we've been alive. We still, we still somehow inherited that. <laughs> yeah, age. exactly. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I like the Cowboys. and But I do think it will be close to the line, so yeah, good pick. All right. That's us for this week. We made it. We'll be back again next week, probably around the same time of the week because my job doesn't allow me to come and do Mondays and yeah. Tuesdays now. There's going to be later reactions, uh, but that's okay because it, yeah. it means we're nearer to next week. Yes, yeah, so we'll have more news probably because more stuff will have happened. Yeah. yeah, I like it. All right, man. Let's get out of here. Dinner's ready. We're going to have a cute <laughs> dinner date now. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, guys.